T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. If you want to weigh in on the Patriots, what does Bill Belichick have to do now as it pertains to the draft and the rest of free agency? How can Mac get better in year two? Defense is going to be worse. Line as of right now is depleted. Like I said, they could still go out there and get Lyle Collins. But I thought Trent Brown was going to be part of the plan when they traded away Shaq Mason. But now Trent Brown in negotiations with the Seattle Seahawks about potentially signing there. So the line is probably going to be worse. The weapons, as of right now, are the same. I advocate that Bill gets him somebody in the draft. He needs that number one option right now. And then the defense, you would think, is going to take a step back based on the fact that you lost J.C. Jackson. You didn't sign one of these premier pass rushers, the Chandler Joneses, the Vaughn Millers of the world. Now you hope for internal development from a guy like Barmore, who was really good as a rookie, and you expect him to take another step next year. And you're going to need Judon to be the guy for the from the first 13 games, not the final four games of the season and into the postseason as well. He was a non-entity in that game. And then you're going to need Kaylee to be better than McDaniels. And I was very critical of some of McDaniels is not his play calling in particular, but just in terms of his scheme. I, I'm not the biggest fan of his scheme, but I don't see a complete overhaul coming in terms of the scheme. I just like them to involve Mac in more play action, more RPO stuff, some of the easy stuff, the low hanging fruit in the NFL that most young quarterbacks use for whatever reason, Josh McDaniels didn't like to dig into that. And of course the Red Sox on the table as well at 617-779-7937 as Chris Sale now out until probably going to be June. I was watching a video from Pro Football Doc who was with the Chargers in the past. He said he worked with a couple of MLB teams as well. He said he would be lucky to pitch in May at any point. So, and the injury happened on February 17th. So Red Sox are in a bad spot. I was really high on sale coming back this year. I felt like year after the Tommy John, two years removed from the Tommy John, he's going to be ready to go. But here's the reality of sale. 34 starts since he signed his contract extension. 190 innings, 412 ERA, 346 FIP. So it's just, it's been devastating to watch. And by the way, Dave Dombrowski gets a lot of blame for this stop. And we, I know we're just talking about ownership groups. But you think ownership didn't want him back? I mean, come on. That was they actually said after that they didn't want to mess it up like the John Lester situation. It turns out that Evaldi was the better Dale than Sale because Evaldi's actually been on the damn mound. He's one of the best pitchers in the American League last year. 617-779-7937 the number. And oh, by the way, the Chris Sale thing, that's not a second guess. I did not like that contract from the day they signed it. Now I'm hopeful. I love the player. I love the individual. I just hope that he can contribute to this team at a high level. And he's already has a setback. It's one thing after another with this guy. Even last year, remember when he was coming back from the Tommy John? 
it was a longer recovery because he had something going on with his neck at one point, and then he had COVID. It was just a complete disaster. And by the way, Chris Sale, we found out today, still not vaccinated. And look, I'm not passing judgment on people. I'm just pointing that out to say you can't play in Toronto if you're not vaccinated. <laughs> the Red Sox play a lot of games in Toronto. Let's get to Paulie. I believe he's not in the truck anymore. I assume he's on the couch. Paulie, what's up, man? Yes, sir, I am, Brian. And, you know, an early Saint, happy St. Patrick's Day to you, sir. You too, man. Irishman. I'm off That's tomorrow, so I may right. celebrate. I may celebrate hard. I am Irish, so I may celebrate hard tomorrow. <laughs> oh, good for you. Some celebrate green beer. Me too. You hear about the joke? The, the guy um, who used to buy an, an Irishman, he'd buy a bear for himself over in Ireland and one for his brother. And it was in America. And one day he came into the pub and he only bought one beer and the whispers started going about around the pub. Oh, my God, what's happened to Patty's brother? You know, what happened to him in America? So they put the barman up to go over and ask him, you know, Patty, you know, ask Patty what's going on with his brother. He's only got one beer. The barman goes over and says, Patty, the whispers are about the bar. You know, they're asking, you know, about your brother. You usually buy one beer for yourself and one beer to your brother. You have, you have me serve you two at a time. Is there something, something happened to your brother? And he says, oh, no, why? He's fine. I quit drinking. <laughs> so he was ordering the two beers for himself. Well, one for himself and one for his brother in America. And, you know, they, when they, we only ordered one, you know, it's just a, again, it's a joke. You ordered one. Well, something must have happened to his brother. The whispers about the bond. They put the bond in to go up and go ask him what happened to his brother. They assumed something happened to him because you ordered one for himself and one for his brother. And have two pints sitting there at the bar at the same time, you know. And they, you know, what happened to your brother? The barman goes over and says, and he says, "Oh no, he's fine. I quit drinking." <laughs> I got gotcha. you. You know, joke is taken. Anyway, appreciate right. that one. Yeah, I didn't want to spend that much time on it. I wanted to make run it by you quick. But you asked me the other. I I would like to add Trey Flowers to uh, my list. You know, I I think I gave you Collins last night. You know, really, when they need a defensive tackle, they're hurt to tackle. I yeah, I think he's coming inside. back. I think Flowers is coming back, Paul. It feels like that's in the works. Right. They got. They have like they have three other guards other than Ferris on the roster, and I fear that one they're going to use Ferris as backup for guard, you know, and center. And they want they they're probably hoping for one of these guys to uh, to to uh, make the grade up to guard. To be promoted to you know to that that starting position and stick with win, I fear at tackle at left tackle, which will that left side of that the line will be weak. I'd rather see them pick pick up Collins, kick win and um, a win you inside and draft that next uh, that next uh, because it's a tackle heavy draft that next uh, franchise left tackle in the draft. But um, I really it fall flowers will balance out that line well. Wise is not getting it done. And neither is um, Godshaw on, on that side. And they need to balance that defensive line out to help Barmore on the, on the left side. They need you know, Flowers to play the right side. They really need that balance in, on that defensive line. And they could do, you know, you know, get, a, get a line, a good linebacker and, and our, um, they'll get the linebacker. Yeah. Paulie, the, 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 one thing, the, Paulie, the one thing about the offensive line is I felt, and I think you agree with this, I felt that, okay, it feels like the Lyle Collins thing is in the works, that that trade, it's been reported the Patriots are the favorites to make a trade for Lyle Collins. But That's right. The thing that is surprising to me is I felt like when they sent out Shaq Mason to Tampa for a fifth-round pick, I felt like, 
they had to have known that at least Trent Brown was coming back as part of this offensive line, right? I mean, yeah. and now, of course, I he's... I think they backed off on him, though, Brian, now, because and I think they're looking for something more, something more dependable. I think they, they feel, you and I have discussed it, and I had it before you, that the reason why he wasn't playing uh, left tackle is he couldn't play left tackle because that's yeah. a chronic calf injury he's yep. got there that will probably act up again. It will settle down on the offseason. Perhaps it will get better, but once you start... You know, stressing it, it's gonna, probably it's going to have a tendency to come back. It's been nagging them for a couple of years. They're tired of that crap. They need somebody that's going to be in there all the time as well as he does play. When he is in there, he's just not in there long enough. So they're looking at it. They, they, they will be wise. They're, they're not jumping yeah. this time, jumping again, hurrying up quickly, signing people, reaching, because they get caught with their pants down on two or three of these guys, almost all of them, really. No, they, I mean, Hunter Henry was the only one. You know that was that's really you know and of course born too but you know Hunter Henry he was he's he's produced but he's been overpaid. Uh, John o. Smith's been um, he's been he's been a disappointment. He's he's under uh, under uh, underachieved. And um, and and Aguilar, you know he's a tough kid. He can play inside and out, but he was overpaid. They just didn't go go to him enough of the ball. You might see him then uh, switch him to the slot. But I have to tell you quickly, shift, shift the gears quickly. You had a question the other night. How did I make caller of the year? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. After, this the, is after the, the battle, yeah. right? Was this after the battle? Right, yeah. And I mentioned that during the during the battle. I was named caller of the year for the United States yeah. back in 2005. But you couldn't find it when you researched the WEI archives. Yeah, yeah. Um, you couldn't find it. Well, it was in early January 2005. It was announced on Dennis and Callahan. They were the award winners, John Dennis, say, for 2006. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm lying on the couch reading the Globe in the morning, listening to the radio behind me on the end table, waiting for snow because I'm a landscaper. I only work when it snows during, you know, during the winter. Just got started again this week. It's nice to get back to work. But I'm lying there. I'm reading the paper early January 2000, 2000, 2006. And they said, 2005, it comes to you, the award winners. And uh, John Dennis uh, said it. And it was like executive of the year. Station of the Air, maybe Sales Team of the Air. Right. They were crisscrossing back and forth to the, co- the country. You know, EEI won something, maybe Dallas or, you know, or Minnesota or Chicago, L.A., Denver maybe. They were going back and forth, and the, the EEI won something. And then, of course, they're the lowest of the totem pole, or you could say they were saving the best for last. So if you want to look <laughs> at it, it's a little right. call, call yeah, over the year. Said, now, John said, and now for the call over the year, it's WEI in Boston's Paulie from Denham. And then Jerry Callahan said, yep, Paulie got it. And then Mina Perel said, yep, Paulie got it. And uh, hey, Paulie, that's, I ne- that's look, how it went down. Yeah, I never didn't believe you. We were just trying to find the proof. But, hey. Yeah, I, you, you, th- well, I'm just I'm good. Well, that's that's a story. That's exactly how it went down. All right, Paul. Back, hey, appreciate it. Early yeah. January 2006. Appreciate the call Thanks. as always, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Yeah, I never doubted, Paulie, that he was the call of the year. We were just finding, trying to find it the other day. Great had, caller, but I got I to gotta have my finger on the trigger to, to dump the call as soon as he le- leaves a breath. Well, we had the, – the reason that came up, it was in reference when Paulie had a battle the other day on my show on Sunday afternoon at 2.30. We had a battle between Paulie and David. David in the car, who's a call, a frequent caller, too. He calls Mutt Show more than he calls the Late Show. He calls the Afternoon Show once in a while. David had called out Pauly. So, Matt, we had them hash it out in the air. And they went back and forth, and that came up. So we were researching. And I didn't, uh, never said that I didn't believe Pauly. We were just trying to figure out where this award came from. It apparently came from. It's hard to verify those kinds of facts. 
Yeah, so he said Dennis and Callahan and John Meter Perel back in the day, the old school DNC show, they were the guys that were the ones that made that announcement. So I, I was never doubting, Paulie, but it was interesting, man. The The battle was, it was heated, man. I'm telling you, man. You weren't here for it, were you? I was here for the start of You were the here for the setup. Okay, because I knew setup, you were connected they to were, the... They were calling me. They weren't even calling the show at a certain point. They were calling me to say, I'm going to call in tomorrow. I'm going at him. And, you know, long It was fun, though. Beat. I like both those guys a lot. It was fun. We actually gave the win to Pauly. Pauly came just, out stronger. He just bulldozes. He did. He came out stronger. David accused him of, like, a recycling, a take. And the day that he referenced it, Pauly had a baseball call and a football call. So they were two different calls. So... They, uh, Paulie, it, it got it got personal at one point. It really got personal about soccer and hockey. I mean, this thing got intense, Matt. I'm telling you, it was intense. <laughs> personal between two guys that may have never even met each other, probably just listening to each other's calls for 20 years. No kidding, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, and then David called out <laughs> Stephen Fall River, who wasn't in the <laughs> ricochet, battle. Ricochet, ricochet, and he said, "We all love Stephen Fall River," and I was like, "Well, speak for yourself." All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett in with you up until midnight. I almost said in for Mutt because I've been in for Mutt for like the past six days because Mutt's been doing the afternoon show. But no, I'm here by myself. I'm here for myself, okay? I'm not here on Mutt's show. This is my show right now. So i got a lot more to get into. We'll get back to the Red Sox. With the Chris Sale injury, what does that mean? And we may have some bad news about Freddie Freeman. We'll get into that in a little bit here on EI. Marlani and Fourier, weekdays 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, a big blow for the Red Sox. Chris Sale will miss opening day for the third straight season. He's dealing with a stress fracture in his right ribcage. Bloom said today, quote, we're talking weeks, not days, before we can get baseball a baseball back in his hands. So not good for the Sox. Former Red Sox, Kyle Schwarber inked a four-year deal with the Phillies. That's worth... About $80 million. Chris Bryant, seven years, $182 million from the Rockies. The Blue Jays traded for third baseman Matt Chapman from the A's. The C's out west for a date with the Warriors tonight. That game is now at halftime, 48-32 in favor of the Celtics. Holy crap. They held the Warriors to 15 points in the second quarter. Marcus Smart right now, 10 points, two rebounds, four assists. As for the Bruins, they fell to the Wild, 4-2 in Minnesota. Brad Marchand, Craig Smith with goals in the loss. No Patrice Bergeron tonight. He came back to Boston due to a lingering arm issue. Bruce Cassidy said today there could be a risk of infection, and he's going to be out Friday night as well. The Bees will visit Winnipeg on Friday night. NFL, the Pats signed cornerback Terrence Mitchell. Mitchell spent last season with the Chiefs. Adam Schefter reports the Bucks signed Chris Goblin to a three-year $60 million deal, 40 mil guaranteed. Vaughn Miller joining the Bills, six years, $120 million, $51.5 million guaranteed, $35 million fully guaranteed at signing. The Titans releasing Julio Jones. Chandler Jones joining Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas with the Raiders, three years, $51 mil. And the now former Patriot, Jakob Johnson, also going to the Raiders. He's on a three-year deal. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Like I said, this is a freak accident, man. I mean, would it have happened if I was training here the whole offseason? That's, that's an unanswerable question, so why even waste time on that? I was given a set of circumstances December 1st, and I had to play with what I had. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm here now, and is it because of that or because of not because of that? Who knows? doesn't matter, and I, I'm not worried about that. Did it make things a little bit tougher? Yeah, but it, it was the same for everybody, so it's not, it wasn't just me. Everyone had to deal with this, and you know, at the end of the day, it's what we signed up for. It's part of the gig. All right, that's Chris Sale, a stress fracture on his rib, unfortunately. Doing it when he was, for the first time he mentioned in his availability today that he never uses social media, and he was doing an Instagram Live or an Instagram post, and he ends up injuring his rib. And I do agree with him to the point, who knows? I mean, if he was with the organization, if there wasn't a lockup, maybe this doesn't happen, but you really can't go back and try to figure that out the guy's just trying to work out in the offseason and this happens it's just it's who he is right now I mean the guy unfortunately this is a person that has now earned the label of injury prone there's no way around it I mean now this is since Tommy Johnny has another injury you go back to well it was shoulder fatigue then it was an elbow issue that it was Tommy John then it was a neck issue last year and now it's this I mean it's unfortunate that this stuff keeps happening but we're now at the point where he's just not a reliable player I mean, we see flashes that he's great. In fact, like some of his numbers last year were really good. But the problem is you just cannot depend on him, which means now the Red Sox have got to enter the free, not the free agency market, but the trade market for another arm because that's just where they're at. They need to get another arm in here. 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. And now we have the famous David. David, how are you? Good evening. How are you? I hear I see you're on the couch tonight. You're still in Florida. Yeah, I've got the Celtics on TV. I got you on the radio on the phone. You know, I figured I'd give the Celtics the opportunity to prove to me that they're worthy of my viewership. What are your thoughts so far? They're up uh, sixteen and a half. I, I just turned it on like five minutes ago. Yeah, well, so far I think I I'm like oh for four. Every time I watch them they lose. I watched the game Sunday against Dallas. And they blew it at the end, you know, so they, they tease me. Just they, 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 they egg me along, they egg me along, and as soon as I put them on TV, they blow it, you know. Well, hopefully you don't so curse don't them tonight, to David. Them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, Jalen Brown is the, is the Raphael Devers of, uh, of the Celtics. Well, he's actually pretty good on defense. I don't get the comparison. 
I don't know. I just felt like saying that. <laughs> but you know, you know. I mean, now that we, now that we got baseball coming up, I mean, yeah. Let's I, go, I, David. Where's your baseball takes? Let's go. I mean, so, I mean, like I, I got to save myself for the regular season. I mean, I can't complain about Devers yet. But trust me, I mean, after game one, I'll be all over him. But I mean, uh, so are you going to be uh, doing the uh, post game like you did last year regularly? I will be for sure. Yeah, oh, and I'll talk to, to, talk to the boss about the extension. I'll talk to the boss about the extension, like we got for the postseason. But uh, what about uh, what about Devers for for Freddie Freeman? And then we move Xander over to uh, we uh, move Dawback over to third base. Freeman's a free agent, though. Uh, you don't have to trade anybody. He's a free agent. Oh, all right. Well, all right. Well, then let's get him. Yeah, we got to get him, and then we can do something. We, we can we can get rid of Devers. We can move on. Uh, Dawback over to third base, and then you know, but uh, yeah, I'm totally against said, moving know. Devers. I'd rather extend him, but yeah, I'm with you, David. I appreciate the call. I'm with you on Freddie Freeman. The problem now is John Paul Morosi of Fox Sports, MLB Network, as well. I believe he's reporting that the Dodgers are now deep in talks with Freddie Freeman about a guaranteed 150 million dollars. So this feels to me, and look, maybe there's still a chance for a Hail Mary for the Red Sox, but what this feels like to me is John Heyman, who, of course, gets all his stuff from Scott Boris, he tweets out last night that the Red Sox, or excuse me, the Yankees are re-signing Anthony Rizzo, and their fear is that he could go to their division rival, meaning Freddie Freeman could go to their divisional rival. That's their fear. So I feel like what this is is Boris putting this out there. And then remember the, the Padres all of a sudden involved? So I think what Boris was trying to do through Heyman was put this information out there through Heyman to try to get the Dodgers to come up on their price. But that doesn't feel like a whole big contract for Freddie Freeman. So if Freddie Freeman was really interested in the Red Sox, and we'll get into this in greater detail because I think it's a perfect fit with this team. But if it really ends up only being an $150 million contract for Freddie Freeman, this would be a massive miss for the Red Sox. Now, it could just be Freeman wants to end up with the Dodgers, and he doesn't have any interest with the Red Sox whatsoever. And if that's the case, you can't really blame him, right, in terms of him wanting to go to the Dodgers rather than the Red Sox. Like, you can't blame the Red Sox for not getting a guy that didn't want to come here, right? But if we find out that the Red Sox were in on Freddie Freeman and they were not willing to pay that money for him, that's a massive mistake. If that's what it costs for Freddie Freeman, $150 million, I would have done that three days ago if I was, well, I don't have the money that John Henry does, but if I was the Red Sox ownership group. All right, let's get to Paul. He's in Marshfield. What's up, Paul? Hey, Brian. I appreciate the time. Oops, sure. Sorry. Need to, I just want to get you off speakerphone. So, uh, yeah, no, I hear about Chris Sale, but, you know, there's some things like the only reason they signed him, it was they were being chased by the ghost of John Lester. <laughs> I know. Take, Unbelievable. You know, and, I know, but and it's like his weird injuries, and, and you know that doing Instagram—that's an unforced error. But there's another thing; he won't get vaccinated. So last year, I think he was out for you know unavailable twice because of COVID. I mean, this guy says all the right things, but he's all about himself. I'm just kind of done with his act personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like at this point, Paul, I don't know how you can depend on the guy. You just can't. It seems like every no. time that. He's making a comeback or he's in a nice groove. Something happens. I mean, you can go all the way back to his first year with the Red Sox. He gets to the postseason. He's not good. Second year, he's dealing with an issue. The year that they win the World Series. Remember, Chris Sale was shut down at one point during August, 
and he wasn't good in the playoffs. Remember, he wasn't available. He had some stomach thing, and he was supposed to start that game against the Dodgers that he closed out. Everyone gets so excited. Oh, my God, Chris Sale struck on Manny Machado. He was supposed to start the game. Like, David Price is the guy that carried that pitching staff in the postseason. It wasn't Chris Sale. So, I mean, I'm with you, Paul. Like, unfortunately, and I appreciate the call as always, he doesn't get criticized, and I get it. He says the right stuff. He's what our we want our athletes to be, although I will say in 19 it was getting a little ridiculous when he kept saying he's embarrassed for his family. He's apologizing after every start. It's like, just go out there and be better, and then you won't have to do all this. But it's just at the point now you get a plan for essentially your whole season without sale. You can't depend on the guy, right? So that's why I come back to, okay, they need to make a trade. And some of the guys available, you have Castillo with the Reds. That's the guy that Will Fleming wants. Sean Manaya, it feels like he's on the market. Frankie Montas is on the market. And you got a bunch of teams interested in him. So I don't feel like Manaya is a good fit because of the fact that lefties, or I should say righties, because he's a lefty, Manaya. Righties hit 271 off him last year with a 758 OPS and 18 home runs. You have Aaron Judge in this division. And more importantly, you got a Blue Jays lineup that is the best in all of baseball at hitting lefties. They had an 805 OPS against left-handed pitchers last year and a 270 average, which is third in baseball. You have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in that lineup. You've They just added Matt Chapman. Bo Bichette is an absolutely atrocious defender, but he's a really good offensive player. you got Gurriel on that team from the right side. Right, Hand side as well. George Springer, who I know spent a lot of last season injured. But they Oscar, Oscar Hernandez. I mean, you have so many good right-handed hitters on that team. So, Manaya really sucked against righties last year. So, I wouldn't be interested in bringing him in. The guy that I would want is Frankie Montas. You look at him, 187 innings last year, 337 FIP, same as his ERA. Strikeout rate, 26.6%, which is good. That's about the 70th percentile. 7.3% 7.3% walk rate, not bad, 65th percentile. And then you look at some of the other numbers, his whiff rate. So how often is he getting swings and misses when guys actually swing? 75th percentile, 27.1%. Now, here's the thing about him that's different than Manaya as well. Manaya, this is final year of club control. Montez has this year and next year under club control. He's got a fast, and he's only 29. He's got a fastball in the 88th percentile in Major League Baseball. Spin rate on his fastball in the 75th percentile. So that's like Hein Bloom's wet dream. Loves the spin rate, right? He once wore a shirt that said spin rate. Nasty stuff because his chase rate is in the 91st percentile. It's at 32.5%. So he's getting guys to swing at pitches out of the zone. He was fifth in the American League in fan graphs war. He's big, 6'2", 255, so you know he's durable. Pretty good numbers against righties and lefties. Got a good fastball. He's got an absolute, his splitter was filthy last year. Opponents hit just 126 against that. So this is the type of guy that you need. A power right-handed pitcher. And we know like Dave Bush, he does a really good job when they get guys here. And I'm not saying it's the same, he's going to get every guy to work. But this guy already has a ton of talent. Look at Hansel Robles. When he came in here, I thought that was going to be an absolutely atrocious move from the Red Sox perspective. They get him in here, and they get him to work. Like, he changes up his pitch mix. He's more consistent. And I just feel like getting another arm in this rotation is what this team needs. Because my thing from day one with this team has been, okay, if you have Evaldi, and clearly you don't have Sale now, you have Nick Pavetta, Rich Hill's going to be in the rotation. And then if you got a guy like Montas, that's four guys. I just don't want Tanner Houck to start the season of the rotation. And here's my point on that. So... Tanner Huck's number's horrible the third time through, even though it's a small sample size. Opponent's OPS over 1,400. But here's my thing. 
Tanner Houck, when he went to the bullpen, and again, small sample size, but his strikeout rate was 40%. Tanner Houck, if you look at it, if they're not going to let him let go through the third time or he's not going to be able to, and he's pitching four and a third or four and two-thirds or three and two-thirds, and he's not going through the lineup the third time through, I feel like that's a waste of his talent because he's really good out of the bullpen. So I always bring it up in this way. I much rather Tanner Houck pitch two or three days a week and pitch five and a third, and he pitches in multiple games, rather than him pitch one time, four and two-thirds, and then you got to figure out the rest of the game. Now, do you think that Heim, being the modern mind in baseball that he is, sees different ways to solve this problem, not necessarily going to get a number three or number four to plug in, but maybe you open games with Hauk and follow him with Paxton or vice versa, split game Because they do have arms on the staff. They just don't really have clear-cut roles for them. Yeah, the only problem with Paxton is when is he going to be here, right? August? Right. You would think? So that's the only problem with him. And I'm sure he's going to get an opportunity to get in the rotation at the end of the season, and maybe that's the walk-a part of it. Maybe if they get Montas, or that's the guy I want, so I'm not saying they're definitely going to get him. Like, I'm saying it like he's in the rotation already. But if they get another arm, they could put Waka as that fifth guy. And, like, to your point, like, I, I was surprised they didn't get more creative with that, like, openers last year. And kind of that's what Waka did in Tampa. He was a bulk guy, so he was the guy that would come in. Like, they would start some, like, I believe, not Kittredge. But a like couple, McClanahan. Yeah. Shane McCl- you know. A couple of their other guys would start out the first inning or so, and then they would bring in Waka for the middle innings. And so. it was painfully slow to watch, and a lot of those guys take on a minute and a half on the mound, especially if you listen to any of the color commentary guys from any of the oh, outlets God. covering the Sox team. It's painful to watch. Yeah, especially Ryan Yarbrough. But so, it works. Yeah. No, it does work for them, and, and look, they get tired in the postseason. That was clear last year. But the other thing I'd point out, too, is just the fact that if you look at it, I just feel like, all right, if Tanner Houck never develops into a front end of the rotation guy, why don't I make him into a legitimate bullpen weapon? Like, I'm not saying he's going to be exactly as good as these guys or he's going to be comparable comparable to these guys. But remember what Andrew Miller was for a bunch of years with Cleveland. How about Josh Hader with the Brewers? He can give you multiple innings. Like, I feel like that's a weapon that Heim Bloom would want to get into if he's not going to be a consistent starter because – how many times, Matt, did we talk about last year the third pitch? Well, the splitter's good one day, it's not good the next day. And then there was this whole theory, well, hey, maybe his two-seamer can actually play as his third pitch. And there were games where his two-seamer was really good. There were games where his splitter was really good, but it wasn't consistent enough. So I just want to get the best out of his talent. And I do feel like he's more comfortable. He looks better. He looks more dominant when he pitches out of the bullpen, even when he saved the Red Sox season. Remember that? When Chris Sale against the Rays got banged around, he came in, he saved that. That was out of the bullpen. I just feel like... That is the better way to utilize his talent because you're getting more out of it. You're getting more innings. You're getting more appearances from him out of the bullpen rather than as a starter. And then you got to try to Velcro the game together. I just feel like that rolls. And here's the other thing, though. Heimblum said earlier this week that they are stretching out, or Cora said, one of the two said they're stretching out Whitlock and Hauk. I think now what we're finding out is the reason they're doing this is because of the sale injury. Like, we didn't know at the time that sale was hurt, and they said that. Because I always felt like Hauk and Whitlock's best roles are out of the bullpen. Now, maybe they find something, one of those two guys is a starter. I just feel like I like having that option of having a guy that, first of all, both those guys can do multiple things. And I like the option of having those guys to be multiple inning guys. And then they bring in Diekman. I would assume that's to be the back-end guy. So then those guys can be sort of the bridge to Diekman. I just feel like that's the better use of those two guys in terms of their talent. Does it concern you at all that it seems like this offseason, less so than the last couple, 
there doesn't seem to be a name in the pipeline that is an exciting potential add to this rock like the last couple of years we talked about how we saw them get Whitlock I said oh what are they doing there's these young guys for eight months last year I thought Connor Siebold was supposed to be an MLB pitcher and then we saw what he could do and he's throwing you know 78 mile an hour fastball what was that I mean that it was game so against strange. Chicago I'm like what the but hell and then there's uh, nobody Crawford in, came up he yeah, was Connor not Crawford, good either not very good. Yeah, he just he just does not have but there's no guys stuff. on that fringe area that we could say, you know, oh, maybe he can be brought up and added to the mix. It's just we're adding 36-year-old free agents instead. Yeah, and I will say this, and maybe year two will be better for this guy, but Sal Amora was really good in the first half, and then he went in the aisle. He was never the same guy. Now, two things irk me about Sal Amora. First of all, he needs to throw more strikes, and secondly, he's got to work quicker. So those two things have got to change next year for Sal. Well, the work quicker thing is just something for me personally, but – he has got to throw more strikes, and he was really dominant in the first. Like his splitter, he's may have, <laughs> he may have the hardest splitter I've ever seen. I mean, the guy. So he, so maybe he bounces back after the end of the season was not particularly good. I'm never going to be able to trust Darwinson because he just doesn't throw enough strikes. Taylor's really good against lefties. Problem is, righties clobber him. He's opponent's batting average over 300 last year. So I, I just can't trust him in a consistent role. Now, remember, he had that huge run. What was it, like 26 straight appearances without giving up an earned run? But then we saw him come back to earth a little bit here. Let's get to Joe. Joe is in West Virginia tonight. What's up, Joe? Hey, Brian. I want to wish you a, a happy St. Patty's Day. And Thank you, man. Away, you stay too. Away Greek, stay away from the green. Thank you. I appreciate it. Stay away from the green bear tomorrow. Um, <laughs> hey, I want to talk about the guys with the green shamrocks on their jerseys. The C's held uh, – Golden State tonight to 32 points at halftime, which is the lowest half they've had any at any point in the season. Wow. I wanted to ask you the seat. Yeah, the seats were like 40 at 47 games. Were one game under 500. Mm-hmm. Now is it going to the 70th game? They're 13 games above 500. What do you attribute that to? Well, first of all, the defense has been well. The defense is good at the beginning of the season, but it even ratcheted up to another level after January 1st. And the biggest thing to me, just from an individual standpoint, is Tatum's playmaking has been way better, right? Because Tatum has, if you look at it since it was on the 21st of January, Joe, Ime Adoka came out after the game, and it was a game that Jason Tatum did not shoot particularly well. And he said, what are you doing when your shot's not falling? Since that point, his assists are up an assist and a half a game. So I think he's making quicker decisions. I think he's making... Better decisions. And I would also point to this, Joe. Remember at the beginning of the year when Marcus Smart called out Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum saying they need to get other people involved? Correct. I don't think it was the right format to do it, but I think the message was the right message. And we're seeing that both Tatum and Brown, they get rid of the ball quicker. And also bringing in a guy like Derek White really does help this offense because Schroeder was a ball stopper. And Derek White's like a connector between Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart, he gets rid of the ball quicker. So I think that's the offensive part of it is they're making quicker decisions. And defensively now, without Truder part of the equation, they have no guys that you can attack. So I think this I think this team's for real, Joe. I do too, uh, Brian. You know, Robert Williams the third there was a shot blocker. He, he's, you know, the, I think the C's hit on him. He's yep. only going. He's still a young guy. He's only going to get better. You know, a big man takes a little bit more time to develop. I was I was always been a big man guy. You know, mm-hmm. Walton. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone, and just go down the line, Bill Russell, Bill Chamberlain. But anyways, I think the wing player now is the king. Not I so agree. much the big man. The big man is now your prince. I, I think you got to have a, you know, to me, Tatum 
and Brown are like one and one eight, but and they both play a nice wing. You know, you're a statistical guru, okay? And I and it's a good foundation for any kind of sports discussion. I, I can't base on all on statistics, but I do like the way the, they're moving the ball around. It, you mentioned like Marcus Smart, and I, I and I totally agree. I think this team is for real, and they, you know, and right since January, I don't know what they just showing. They were twenty four and nine, the best record since January first. And then, you know, defense will probably win you a lot of games once they get to the playoffs as well. Hey, have a great night. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate it, Joe. Good stuff. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. I cannot wait to watch this team in the postseason. I feel like what the Celtics have right now, two things that are going to carry them. They have a legitimate star. Jason Tatum is now on that level. He's not Kevin Durant yet. I'm not saying that. But he can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the Eastern Conference from a star perspective. Their defense is the best in the league. That's not a question. That's going to travel in the postseason. Here's my one concern about the Celtics. Can Jalen Brown be a legitimate number two option behind Tatum? I like Jalen Brown a lot, but he has struggled recently. Entering tonight his last three games, he was shooting 20% outside of the restricted area. So he's got to be more consistent. Like, this whole streak with the Celtics, all these guys have been playing better with the exception of Jalen. So Jalen needs to prove, and this is what I think the biggest thing about the Celtics in the postseason is, Jalen needs to prove he's a legitimate wingman for Tatum for a postseason run. That's what he needs to prove this postseason. All right, 617-779-7937 is a number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. Coming up next, we have some bad news as it pertains to the Red Sox. It's not good. We'll get to it next here on EI. W-E-E-I Late Night. On W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Well, if you're wondering, it's an absolute bloodbath in San Francisco. We're just talking to Joe about that. 77-61 Celtics over the Golden State Warriors right now. Marcus Smart has been incredible tonight. He's now up to eight assists after he just threw a pass. He was in between half court and the three-point line. He just threw one up to the basket. Robert Williams comes down with an incredible pass, but, I mean, it's got to be nice for these guys knowing. Just throw it up anywhere near the basket, and Williams is going to finish. Tatum, another night at the office, 22 points, 10 rebounds, eight free throws. That's the difference with Tatum. He's getting to the damn free throw line. When you get to the free throw line seven times a game, and that's where Tatum's at really since the start of February, when you get to the free throw line seven times a game, that's when basically you know that the other team can't stop you because you're doing whatever you can and you're getting to the basket whenever you want. That's when you know the other team can't defend you. When Kawhi Leonard made his big jump when he finished third in the MVP voting, that was the first year he averaged seven free throws per game. That's when you know you've arrived, when you can get to the free throw line at will. And right now, that's exactly what Tatum can do. All right, but I did want to get to this real quickly. The bad news for the Red Sox as I teased it. Unfortunately, I I usually like to pay off my teases. I don't like to pay this one off because it's bad news for the Red Sox. Jim Bowden tweeting that Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers is happening, finalizing the deal now, as first reported by Ken Rosenthal and John Morosi. He previously had tweeted the Rays, the Padres, the Red Sox are all out. So this is where I looked at it. I felt like last night, I don't know why I got suckered into this. I'm doing all this stuff, looking at Freddie Freeman numbers about how perfect everyone knew he's a great player, but I was thinking about how perfect he'd fit in this Red Sox lineup. And I knew the whole time that Scott Boris was playing us, not us as me and you, but Scott Boris was playing the Dodgers the whole time. That's what his goal was. When he tells John Heyman last night that, Hey, Anthony Rizzo, because Anthony Rizzo, correct me if I'm wrong. He's a Boris client as well. 
Right, Matt? I'm pretty sure about that. So he's a Boris client as well. I'm 99% sure on that. So he gives John Heyman the scoop, right? That's why you see John Heyman as the scoop on all the Boris clients. Like when the Boris clients get signed, it's John Heyman, Odyssey Insider, by the way, who gets that scoop. So he tweets out the news last night that Anthony Rizzo is going back to the Yankees. It's a two-year deal, about $34 million. And in his tweet, he says that that means they're obviously out on Freddie Freeman and the Yankees fear that Freddie Freeman could go to the Red Sox, their biggest division rival. That has nothing to do with the Red Sox whatsoever. Was I right about that, Matt? So it doesn't look like he is a Boris Oh, he's guy. not a Boris uh, guy. Bryant is, though. Chris Bryant. He, had, he did have half of that Cubs team. I know. It's crazy. It worked with Theo, right? But so my, my only point, though, being about the, the Rizzo thing is once Rizzo is going to the Yankees and they identify that's happening, that's when Scott Boris tells Heyman that now the Yankees are scared that the Red Sox could get Freddie Freeman. But he never meant it. The reason he did that was to just essentially put it out there to try to get the Dodgers to up their offer. But it doesn't look like the Dodgers are going to up their offer. It looks like the Dodgers, oh, jeez. So now the Celtics up 10. The Warriors make it a run at this thing, 79-69. Oh, boy. Not good. This fourth quarter is going to be interesting. The Celtics were not good in the fourth quarter the other day. That's a trait from earlier on this season. They've been one of the best teams post-January. They're fourth in net rating in the fourth quarter since January. They're 29th in net rating at, from the beginning of the season to the end of December. Sorry, I'm getting really distracted here. i got to get back on track. But anyway, my only point with Freeman, I felt he was so perfect because, and obviously now he's going to the Dodgers. I just felt he was so perfect in this lineup because he replaces some of the stuff that Schwarber leaves behind. Schwarber signed that big contract, of course, with the Philadelphia Phillies. Schwarber walked a lot, and... Cora mentioned this multiple times last year that it was a different type of at-bat when he was in there. And if you look at Freddie Freeman, he had a 12.2% walk rate last year. That was 20th best in baseball. It would have been the best on the Red Sox. He had just a 15.4% strikeout rate. That was 23rd in baseball, and it would have been first on the Red Sox. And I look at it with Schwarber last year. If you look at, so Schwarber, like Freeman, is somebody that takes a ton of walks. I mean, that's why I was so happy when they got Schwarber because the Red Sox didn't really have a player like that. Now, Kike did it for a while in the middle of the season once he went to the leadoff spot. But if you look at the Red Sox, prior to Schwarber, they had a 9.7% walk rate. Or I should say, when they got Schwarber, they had a 9.7% walk rate. That was third in baseball. Pre-Schwarber, 7.8. On base percentage, Post Schwarber, 346, third in baseball. Pre Schwarber, 322, 11th. Average, 269, that was third. 258 prior to Schwarber. So I just look at the whole idea of Schwarber and what he meant to the offense, where you have these guys. Bogarts is a free swinger. Devers is a free swinger. JD Martinez is a free swinger. Kyle Schwarber is a very disciplined hitter. And of course, he got all that money from the Philadelphia Phillies. I never thought the Red Sox were going to be super in on Schwarber just because JD's back. And he was going to cost a lot of money now that, and it was smart that he didn't sign a contract prior to the lockout because, of course, then we get this rule that the universal DH, really dumb by J.D. Martinez to do that, by the way. He probably could have got a three- or four-year, maybe not a four-year contract, but probably could have got a three-year contract with one of these National League teams trying to get an edge. But nonetheless, Freddie Freeman would fit into that short role, and he's a better player. He's one of the best defensive first basemen in the game. And also you look at the fact that he hits for power, hits for more power than, quite frankly, Schwarber even does. So it's unfortunate. So now Cray is probably going back to Houston. 
Uh, I'm not super high on story. It just feels like the Red Sox now priority one's going to be get a starter. All right, thanks to Matt Duran for producing. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.